Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Week six is in the books, and uh, what an exciting week for just about nobody. Uh, it was a really low-scoring week, and I don't think more than three teams actually beat their projections, uh, according to Yahoo, but like even then I was looking at some of the other analytics that I go off of, and it was just a boring week of football, uh, except for like one or two games. I think the, the Titans and the... the um, the Texans game was one of the more exciting ones of the week. And then Monday Night Football, there was one good game, and then there was one atrocious game. You guys all already know what that one is, uh, so we don't need to recap the Monday Night games. Uh, let's quickly talk about winners and losers of the week. So week six being in the books, I would say that there's been some changes here. Uh, let's talk about the most, the most notable one for me, and then the second most notable one right after that. So Mick Garrison is in first place, everybody. He is he is solid at first place with 847, a 5-1 record. Uh, and he is beating Brett at an 817 and a 5-1 record. So congratulations to Mick. This is the first time he has ever sat in first place, ever. This is the first time he's ever been uh, up there. And then uh, in addition to that, um, having a win streak of five straight games. So he lost week one and then has won five straight ever since. So... Really cool to see that Mick. I know he uh, works very hard in uh, trying to figure out his stuff every week. So, um, and and let's let's throw some respect down on the name here. Mick made some moves to make his team better, and uh, I know it's not always popular when other owners make trades because everybody has opinions. But uh, the Ronald Jones Miles Gaskin trade for George Kittle really worked out for him because he still has Travis Kelsey. And Miles Gaskin has been steamrolling these past couple of weeks, and Ronald Jones has also looked good. So uh, we do have Mick on the podcast today, which is going to be exciting. We're doing a little coffee talk with Mick, talking about the Bears, talking about the state of fantasy right now, talking about his record, how he feels moving forward, and then Mick is going to make his picks for Week 7 coming up on that. Second place is Brett, third is Ryan, fourth is Andy, fifth is Galus' Gents. Six is Hans Molman, seventh is the year, and then the second story of the week is that Jackie Daytona is number eight with a two and four record, and Peel is in number nine, and then Blood Brothers are in tenth. Uh, so there have been some changes. There have been some power ranking changes. There have just been uh, a lot to, to kind of take in on, on what was a pretty boring week in football as far as fantasy production is concerned. Um, like I had already mentioned, a lot of people underprojected or under underdid their projections for the week. Um, I think I had like wide receivers that were supposed to go off the number one and number three wide receiver this week, and neither one of them got over five points or ten points. So just a ridiculous week in in offensive production. Um, let's go over power rankings for the rest of the season. Right now, power rankings are sitting with Brett at number one, Ryan at number two, Peel at number three, Jackie Daytona at four, Camper Dude at five, Hans Molman at six, kind of forever Andy at seven, Galus is Jens at eight. This is the year at nine. After that loss to Blood Brothers. I think that bumped him down, and then Blood Brothers at 10. Um, what's interesting is I'm not going to go over matchups of the week. We do touch on this a little bit with Mick on the podcast in uh, in just a little bit here, but um, Galus' Gents, the matchup of the week, is going up against Blood Brothers, which you would never really think the matchup of the week is going to be. However, Galus' team is in a little bit of state of disarray right now going into this matchup. Um, first and foremost, Mark Ingram is both on a bye but also questionable, so it wouldn't matter. Sorry, that's my epiphany. Um, so there's there's that on top of uh, 
not having a potential any running back to really play this week. Brian Hill might be his top running back. McCaffrey is still on IR. Melvin Gordon may be punished over the DUI situation. And even then, I don't know that I want to play Melvin Gordon against Kansas City after having been out with illness on a short week. So he's even questionable to return at this point. Um, if I'm Galis, and and you probably may see something, if you don't rush to listen to this podcast, there might be some deals in the works with Galis here to try to trade for, uh, to get him some running backs on his team. So he actually has some viable play this week. If I'm Galis, what I'm going to do is I would trade Christian McCaffrey now, right before he comes back, get two running backs out of the deal if I can, or get a running back out of the deal if I can, and maybe a wide receiver of some sort, because right now it's Stefan Diggs and Brandon Cooks. Um, I would try to get something very quickly out of this deal, because what's ultimately going to happen is you're in no position to win this week. You're going to lose, and then you're going to lose Christian McCaffrey regardless, and then your season is just over that way. Um, but it is COVID. I don't want to be all down and negative here. Um, just my suggestions. And I'm two and four, so what the hell do I know? I, I uh, uh, you know, I have not been having myself a great year fantasy-wise. But just based off of knowing there are some needs in a position, I would make a move for it. So um, that out of the way, Blood Brothers would have <laughs> Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. But it just seems unfair to me. And yet fair at the same time because, you know, they didn't draft, so it's like they earned this, which is great. They're, they've put themselves in a good position to win. Um, you, you you would think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a much better game against Houston and Jamison Crowder on Buffalo. They're going to need him. Darius Slayton on a Thursday night game against a banged-up Philly team, but Darius Slayton's also sort of banged up himself. Uh, I know that he was limited uh, for a Tuesday walkthrough. So um, Chase Edmonds busted out at that, like, not broke out, busted. He was a total bust this past week, and I'm surprised by that. After coming off a 15 and then 20 point game to only get five touches for 23 yards on a night where they really could have gotten him going and just made the transition, but they were insistent. Kenyon Drake is a guy. We learned that last night, I think pretty definitively, that Arizona really trusts Kenyon Drake moving forward. So um, backing off my Chase Edmonds predictions for the rest of the year, unfortunately, because of it. Had he broke out this week, it would have just been insane uh, production wise because he is one of the better handcuffs in the league, but didn't happen. So. Um, but yeah, that's going to be that match of the week. Like I said, we'll talk about it in uh, some other detail a little bit later. Um, as far as like the league analyzer, I wanted to go over one more thing before we break into the segment with Mick here. Um, projected standings on Fantasy Pros for the rest of the year, what they think is going to happen, who's going to make the playoffs, what position you're going to be in, and, and how much of an odd do you actually have to make uh, the playoffs, coupled with what percentage do you have to win? So let's let's just dive right into that. Um, you know, again, take this with a grain of salt. Things change very often. COVID, uh, injuries, Blood Brothers maybe taking a player from you is going to change a lot of values. But we'll start from the bottom to the top. So right now, current record for Blood Brothers is 1-5. Their projected record is 4-9 at the rate that they're at. But remember, that would change drastically because the projected record is only reflecting what their team currently is and not what their team can be. Uh, that projected record also doesn't take into account that people have not put in playing any positions on bye weeks. Uh, but right now, they have a 7% chance to make the playoff, less than a 1% chance to win the championship. Don't take too much stock into that. This is the year is in ninth place uh, as far as the projections go. Uh, with a current 2-4 and four record and a 5-8 and eight on the year, 
They bumped down two spots from where they were prior. They have a 28% chance to make the playoffs and only a 2% chance to win the championship this year. Then you've got Galus's Gents, 3-3 uh, and currently, looking like they're probably going to go 6-7 and with a 47% chance to make the playoffs. We're pretty good. Not, not awful. Um, and only a 4% chance to win the championship at this point. And then myself, Jackie Daytona, currently with a 2-4 and record, looking to go 6-7 and on the year. A 49% chance to make the playoffs and a 7% chance to win the championship. So not as good as years past for myself. But it's a down year, and I lost Saquon Barkley, something that I have to remind everybody of on a weekly basis is that I've lost Saquon Barkley. So, uh, yeah, just so you know, we would have been much better had we had Saquon Barkley. I'm pretty sure you get that by now. Uh, all right, Peel, uh, sixth place, looks like they will make the playoffs. They have a 59% chance to do it. And they actually have a 10% chance. He's got a 10% chance to win the championship. This is the craziest thing about the projected standings for the year. Peel, who looks like, according to this, will end up in sixth place, will go six and seven, has a basically a 60% or a 60% chance to make the playoffs, and a 10% chance to be the champion. Hans Molman, in front of him, has a 61% chance to make the playoff, but only a 7% chance to win. So I guess having to face a different seed bodes better for Peel being in sixth. So, you know, they would right now they'd be playing Rigagoo, and I guess they think that they could possibly win that week and give them a better chance. Uh, but it, it's anyone's ballgame. And then kind of forever, uh, 62 to make the playoffs, a 7% to win the championship. Pontiac Bandits is a 92% odd right now with, an, with a projected 8-5 and five record. A 17% chance to win the championship. You got Camper Dude in second, a 97% chance to make the playoffs, and a 20%, or I'm sorry, a 19% chance, not much of a difference, to make the championship game and win it. Uh, and then Brett in number one with a 97% chance, or 98% chance to make the playoffs, and a 27% chance to be the champion of the league this year, which would make him. The first two-time champion, although I don't know that we're going to call him the first two-time champion, or the second two-time champion of the league, because it's an odd year this year. I don't know that I want that blight on, on my league. I, I don't know. Um, but that would be a 9-4 and record. They would be tied with Ryan for a 9-4 and record at that point, too. Uh, but obviously, just a slightly better chance to, to make the championship. So... Um, Normally what I would do at this point is go over matchups for next week, but we do cover who we think is going to win next week. I let Mick make his picks, and then I either agree with him or I don't, and I pretty much agree with him on all of his picks for this upcoming week. So uh, I want to roll into a little bit of coffee talk and Bears talk with Mick, and hopefully you guys are able to enjoy. Maybe you're listening to this on a Wednesday morning when some news has changed, or you actually felt like taking away from family time after 5 o'clock here, or uh, you got me on your commute home. Uh, either way... Let's have Mick and myself jump right in, talk a little politics too here right up front, uh, which uh, which is slightly edited out because he didn't know he was being recorded. Now, are we, are we on, our, on our talk right now? We're, we're, we're talking. <laughs> no, I, oh. I, uh, I have not started the podcast yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because that, that's fine. We can, we can switch to football and... And the bears or whatever else you want to talk about. We'll we'll segue in to uh, okay. to the podcast. Do you want me to let you know when I start recording? That's all right. Yeah. Well, you can even say, okay, we're 
we're just chatting here. I thought we'd put it in on, uh, on tape or on whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll say something like, uh, hey, Mick doesn't know I've been recording for the past five minutes, and here we yeah, are on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might say. Okay. Yeah. Hey, listen. I I find that when you when you feel like you're having a, more of a conversation, that it goes a little bit more smoothly. So, of course, sure. <laughs> but you are in first place. I mean, pretty handedly. And this is the first time I was looking at your your team's record here overall since you've been a fantasy manager, and the numbers have not been good since you started <laughs> out as a fantasy manager. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, Looking at your so so to give you some perspective on your own history, you have been playing for uh, a few years now. You have had thirty-two wins in total, including the win from the weekend and the five that you have this season. You have lost sixty-three times. That ouch. yeah, ouch is right. That puts you at a win record of thirty-three point seven percent. But I can't. I mean, you're trending up. That's for damn sure. You are. You are. Uh, your worst year was 2018, uh, when you uh, when you had a, a pretty bad. I think you won one game that year, and then uh, I, you, think I, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah, you've been trending up ever since. You had, you know what it was? I actually remember this now that I think about it. You won your very first fantasy game ever. Do you remember yeah, that? Mary, Mary, excuse me. She just said that there's freak. Mary told me there's COVID testing free someplace. Oh yeah, and Mar- High School. Oh, free well, uh, COVID testing. There you go. Now everybody knows okay. you can go get your free COVID test in Libertyville. <laughs> there you go. So what was your question? There is no question. I'm just finding a way to insult you and compliment you at the same time. Well, thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I feel like the New York Jets uh, now and my record from three years ago, they kind of match. I would feel like you you would feel a little bit more like the Miami Dolphins where people just weren't sure about you and then all of a sudden you're you're three and three and, and you're actually a good team. People think you're you're good. Like, let's talk about that trade that we made two weeks ago. Okay. So we were talking, I was on my way back from Madison, Wisconsin with the dog for his chemo treatment and uh, you approached me saying that you were looking for a trade. There was a few options out in the league. You asked for some advice, and I said, ah, yeah, you definitely need a running back. Because at that point, your second running back was Rex Burkhead because Austin Eckler went on IR. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. And look right. how that would have worked out for you if you didn't make a trade at that point. So I said to you, like, I have two guys that I don't plan on using. They're good running backs. I just don't have a spot for them right now. Uh, would you be interested? And then... We looked at it. We looked at Fantasy Pros. We did the expert uh, projection for it. Um, Uh We did Kelsey for it, two to see, and that would have been more in my favor. And then look how Kelsey's played. Like, that would have also worked out for me. Uh, But but how do you feel about the trade two weeks later? Well, I'll tell you, the two running backs that I got, they're they're just gangbusters. You know, they're they're, uh, doing a lot. I guess Jones is uh, playing so well that I guess Fournette would not even – get a chance to play they i think he is he's not a healthy scratch but they hardly ever use him anymore he's, he's available yeah he, he'd been injured he was doubtful last week and then he was fully active this week if if needed uh, or maybe he wasn't um i didn't see but yeah i think you're right so um and when we talked too we were we were straightforward with each other i said leonard fournette exists in that offense but right now he's injured and 
Ronald Jones is getting a lot of carries. He, he produced 200-plus yard games I, in the two I that know. you had him for. Yeah. And he had a touchdown call back against the Bears. He would have had 21 points that week. He only ended up with 15, but he would have been a really, really good. He was still a good play. He won last week. Uh, uh-huh. and, and and week six, too, because of Ronald Jones and then Miles Gaskin, who I all of a sudden want back on my football team. <laughs> yeah, he's hard to stop. Boy, I was watching. He's got a lot of good moves. You know, I, one of the things I think I love most about fantasy is something that I, is really underrated. When you get a guy on your football team that you didn't expect to play well or nobody knew who he was, and if you actually watch the football games and see that person kind of boom as a star, like for me this year it's been James Robinson until this past week, but watching that guy run through the tackles is exciting, and you see he has so much potential in the league. So when you get Miles Gaskin on your team and you realize that he has a future and he's doing well this year for you immediately – you got to feel good about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really happy with his production. And, of course, the, the whole thing about the two tight ends, we talked about that during draft. Right. What, why are you taking the top two tight ends? Is this, remember what I said? Someday I'm going to need a trade. And <laughs> I, got, I got some insurance here. So yeah, you were sitting over in the corner. Good. Yeah, you were sitting over in the corner, and I said to you that I really like that move this year because there's only three tight ends that I thought were good at the time. And it turns out, of the three that I had in my head, only two of them were good, and you had both of them. <laughs> I thought Zach Ertz was going to be much better than he's been this year, and he's he's. I'm going to drop him this week. I'm, I'm, he's injured for three or four weeks, uh, so I'm going to end up dropping him. But, yeah, you, you had the top two at that point. So. Yeah, only these guys that... Uh... Like Wolf Fuller, he's been a hot and cold, and this week I, I played him, and you know he had a great day. So right, it's been one of those years where you roll the dice. Sometimes you play the right guys, and sometimes uh, you don't. I think that is the theme of the year too, because with COVID and the bye weeks are getting changed around too. Uh, you just gotta roll with the punches. I think you made a good move, obviously by stacking your running backs a little bit more because you wouldn't have been in the position you're in right now if you don't make that trade. And um, George Kittle actually put up a dud two weeks ago. He had eight points, but this week he bounced back and looked like his old self. So uh, it it worked out for me because I definitely had a tight end need. Yeah, yeah. So, and and, uh, I'm I'm curious how the vampire is going to end up the year. Well, here, let's talk about that, actually, because I'm looking at the matchups this week, and I see that the Blood Brothers, the Vampire, is playing Galus's Gents. And right now, both on Yahoo and Expert Consensus Rankings, Blood Brothers is projected to win the matchup. Now, what? yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, so Galus has Mark Ingram on a bye this week and Justin Tucker on a bye, and that's it. But Galus does not have Christian McCaffrey, and Melvin Gordon just got that DUI. He was out with an illness this past week, but the league has not punished him yet, so you don't know if okay. he's actually going to play yeah. this week or not. Yeah, yeah. They may have no running backs. They may be forced to make a trade. He he would if I was him. This is what I would personally do. I'm biased though. I would trade Christian McCaffrey right now for two healthy running backs because the only alternative is you lose and lose Christian McCaffrey anyway. So I try to get something out of a trade with Christian McCaffrey now while someone's chasing it and then lose somebody that wasn't as good as Christian McCaffrey if you're going to lose at all. 
You have to put yourself in a better position to win now against a vampire or else you're definitely going to lose and you'll definitely lose your best player. Yep, yep. So you think he's yeah, McCaffrey is coming back this week or next week? No, I don't think. They don't need to rush him back right now. They, you know, they're they're 3-3. Three and three. Um, You know, Christian McCaffrey hasn't played since week three. This is the funny thing. He hasn't played since week three. I'm sorry, since week two. And he's ranked 140th overall in fantasy. So there are... (laughs) Yeah, there are only 139 guys better than Christian McCaffrey. And uh, when he comes back, he's going to be monstrous for whoever's team he's on. I just... You know for a fact that Mark Ingram is both on a bye this week and injured, so even when he comes back, he won't be healthy. But Brian Hill is the backup in Detroit. Remember you said you were going to pick up Brian Hill at one point and he was going to be your guy? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian Hill's not a thing. <laughs> so, can't really... Real... He, I haven't followed him. Has he been pretty much a dud since oh. uh, McCaffrey got injured? Well, Brian Hill is in Atlanta. Um, oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, but since you were going to pick him up, he had 7.4 points and 3.4 points, respectively. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So, he saw yeah. the most carries of the season this past game with 10, but he did 10 for 28, no touchdowns. He said one touchdown all year. Um, he just is not a guy that you need to have, and he's not even a good handcuff to um, to Gurley in Atlanta because Atlanta's a little bit more pass-heavy than they are run-heavy, and rightfully so, with uh, all the passing threats they have there. So. You know what? I, did, I made a comment on, uh, on uh, our site here where we communicate that uh, I was anxious to hear how... Uh, Nagy would talk about his time management, and that never came up in any of the articles. I, I think I've read one where, uh, once again, he, he's not managing the clock very well. What do you think, Andrew? I think what's, what's going on with the guy? Yeah, I think you're talking about the Bears in general, right? Like on offense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they were really stupid to not have gone for Le'Veon Bell as much as they did because uh, Le'Veon Bell would have come really dirt cheap this year, especially because the Jets are on the hook for so much of his financial for the rest of the year. Um, We weren't even a top three for him. Miami was a top three for him because he lives in Miami. Apparently he wanted to play for them. And then Buffalo was apparently in there. And then it was pretty obvious, like, if I'm in if I'm in Le'Veon Bell's position, I would have gone for Kansas City too, just because you want the championship and you want to prove that you can help win a championship. Because he has to go somewhere else next year, and he has yep. to make a case for himself. Yeah, he already yep. got paid. Now he wants the ring. It's a smart choice for him. Um, but the Bears should have been number two for him to think about it because we're five and one right now, and we need somebody like that to be relevant. I, Look, when we made it to the Super Bowl, we had Rex Burkhead. Or not Rex, Rex, Rex Grossman as our quarterback. So we had a below-average quarterback take us to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles can absolutely do it. Nick Foles is way better than Burkhead. Or, uh, I keep saying Burkhead. Better than Grossman was. Um, yeah, I agree. So, you know, I think there's a case to be made here that, that the Bears should have tried harder to get Bell than they did, and they did not. And uh, that's that's on them. So... There's a guy. There's a guy on their practice squad now. He's not a, a Bell, but he's certainly Lamar Miller. I used yeah. to you know, draft he, for him uh, several years. Yeah, he played and for. He's going to get activated. He's going to get activated this week. 
they must really like him because that's the only reason that he uh, that the Bears didn't go for for Bell. Um, Lamar Miller is like the most vanilla running back that you could think of. He will get the job done, but he is very plain. And I just don't see a distinguishable difference between Montgomery and Lamar Miller. So yeah. he's not a, he's not a pass catching back. He is sort of this north and south running back. He'll get you a few yards, but that's what David Montgomery is. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't like it. And the Bears got a really tough couple of games coming up here. They could go one and four, or they could go three and one. You know, they'll be playing. Green Bay, New Orleans, in uh, in a couple of stretch there. Who else do they have? They've got. Uh, let's see. Let's take a look. They've got the Rams Monday, so they can they can and probably should win that game. Then they got New Orleans, Tennessee, the Vikings, Green Bay. They got a buy in week eleven before they play Green Bay, so they should be able to to script for that game a little bit more. But yeah, I just don't like the next couple of games that are coming up, and then after that, it gets a lot easier. It's Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. So, uh, and then Green Bay so, again to close the so season. What happened to uh, to Rodgers? Oh, this past week. My God, <laughs> T- Tampa Bay's defense is good. They um, they are good, really. Yeah, yeah I think uh, usually he picks up the blitz a lot better, but he got he just got shook. He got real shook this past game. Um, but real quick, going back to the thing that you said about Nagy, uh, I would agree. I don't think that they can turn the offense around enough this year. <clears throat> but if they could, my God, this team really would be very unstoppable. I know. We don't have a number two wide receiver, but if, if Cole Komet can step up and, and be a <clears throat> be a, a tight end that can threaten to get some yards down the field after catch, then the Bears can make a go. They really can. Well, and the, now that they've got uh, several weapons, my, my guy Robinson is having a great year, too. I don't know how he gets... He can bring the ball down sometimes. He's they're double covering him, and he's still making his catches. The only other threat to targets on the team is Mooney. Yeah. Talk about Anthony yeah. Miller for a second. What's going on? Yeah, yeah I think he's uh, maybe he's in the doghouse. They don't seem to go to him very much. Of course, he's dropped a few balls too. You can't do that. Yeah, and Mooney has been very good. Mooney has been been very good as sort of that number two option. I mean, he's not like the best number two option in the league by a long shot, not even in the NFC North, but uh, Mooney does look like he will be something special maybe in two or three years from now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they loaded up on, on tight ends too, which was which was very much needed. But Graham is having a great year too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he just... <laughs> I, I said this last year when he played for Green Bay. Uh, which he's played better in Chicago than he did for Green Bay, which is which is good for us, obviously. But uh, he right. just looks like a catch and fall guy in his career right now, which is such a shame for what he used to be. Looks like he just mm. goes up, catches a ball, and falls down. And hey, if you're in, all right, if you fall, if you fall down in the end zone, that's okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and he's done that a couple of times this year. So, um, sixteen million for him is what we paid. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Compared to some of the other options that were available out there, like Eric Ebron went to Pittsburgh for less money, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I, I'll I look back on it and say, if Cole Komet really comes along and Jimmy Graham contributed to that, then I'd be happier in a few years that he had his veteran presence felt. 
Um, but that's not how we view football. We view it by the players, not their impact on other players coming along. Like, true, you, true. You know, you want to look I at that relationship real quick, talk about Kyle Fuller and, and Charles Tillman. Like, Tillman was supposed to, to kind of groom Fuller to be the next best thing, and that did not turn out to be no. the same way. No, no. Hey, what's going to happen with Trubisky at the end of the year? Well, they're not gonna. He's not coming back to the Bears next year. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a starter somewhere else if someone wants to take a chance on him. But I honestly think he's gonna go the way of uh, Jameis Winston and be a backup somewhere to a good quarterback. So where does that leave the Bears with quarterback uh, backups? They're gonna have to look for somebody in the rookie thing, or they're gonna have to sign Foles and keep Foles around for another year or two. Um, there are some good upcoming quarterbacks that will be around. Um, who those guys are that the Bears will be able to get, I don't know. Um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Trevor something. I forget his name. I'd have to look it up right now. Um, but yeah, there, there's a few of them that that'll be around. There's only really two that the Bears are going to have an opportunity to maybe get, and even then, I think it's a long shot. Well, they, yeah, they're going to have to to pack the quarterback room with at least one or two guys. And uh, they're not going to be able to draft too high this year. So that uh, number one quarterback, what's his, Trevor Lawrence, is that his name? Uh, yeah. He's not going to be an option for the Bears, though. He's going to go a lot higher than that in the draft. Oh, God, he'd probably be number one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Unless, so it, with uh, the Bears maybe making the playoffs, their draft positions are going to be pretty low, aren't they? I feel like this is the first year where they actually are going to have something to work with um, in the first round. Do they have a couple of first-round choices? Well, remember our first pick overall was Cole Clement. Um, this upcoming year, I don't know where they sit in the draft, though, so I'd have to look that up. I'm not going to do that while we're figuring this yeah. other stuff out right now. The Bears O-line, what's your, what's your opinion on the Bears O-line? Yeah, you think the Bears O line can hold up for the rest of the year? Oh, that's another thing that's just uh, that's the Achilles heel. No pun intended there, but boy, they need some they need some experienced guys to come in. Um, they weren't good at the very beginning, and now they've they've lost. Uh, what's it? Uh, what did they lose for the season? Gosh, Daniels. Daniels. Oh yeah. Hurt. So, so interesting question. If you're <laughs> if you're Pace, do you trade for some in your let's say we're seven and one at this point. Let's just say we're seven and one and and we have a pretty easy schedule coming up. We could maybe afford to lose two games and still be you know ranked really high. Um what are you trading for if you're pace at that point and the trade deadline's coming up? Yeah, I would say you need to trade offensive linemen, too, if you're going to make a run at it. You know Dallas is not going to try to trade for offensive linemen at all now. Especially, yeah. especially like even though their their offensive line is beat up like crazy, they're not going to be making... <laughs> That's the other thing, though. I say this, and then I realize that they're 2-4, and four, but they're also still in first place in their division, so <laughs> they, yeah. they could do joke. it. Yeah, 
that whole division is just trash. <laughs> New England is also like not having a good year either. Their their division, yeah, Buffalo, yeah. is number one right now. Interesting how the rest of I was listening on the radio this morning. I think it was Yurko was saying uh, you got Seattle up there at the top and they're doing all the right things right. And then there's the next level, there's seven teams that are just going to beat up on each other, and the Bears are one of them. Yeah. And I have to agree. On any given day, one of those seven teams can beat the other. So. Yeah. I, Seattle's front office is very good. They know how to pick talent. Um, their defense has obviously turned around a little bit in the past couple of years. Oh, the quarterback I was talking about before was Trey Lance from North Dakota State. I think the Bears okay. may have a shot at getting him, but they'll probably have to trade up to get him because I think I think he's going to be a little bit more fashionable in the draft. The other issue is, though, with him, I think you fall into that Mitch Trubisky territory where you haven't seen him play in college enough to know what he's truly capable of. Sure. Um, so they may not want to do that to take the risk because they just did that and it didn't play out. So I, I don't think they move on a quarterback this year like people are going to hope or expect that they do. So who's going to be the backup for Foles if Trubisky is gone? Yeah, I don't know. I'll bet you yeah. it's going to be somebody who had a career already. It's going to be a veteran quarterback. It's not going to be a prospect. I think we're probably going to see one year of one more year of Foles at the helm and then – a veteran backup, like maybe, I don't know what Jameis Winston's contract is in New Orleans, but you might see somebody like that who used to have a job as a starting quarterback that doesn't anymore. Andy Dalton's on a one-year $3 million. Like maybe they finally go for him. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Dallas looked pretty sick the, the other night. Of course, you said that a lot of their offensive line is injured. Yeah, last night they just lost Tyler Martin too, so they're they're really going to be hurting. Um, hey, let me ask you a question on sure. so week six here. You obviously win your matchup against uh, Jeff one fifty nine. By the way, I owe you ten dollars. You're the you're the winner this week, so I owe you ten dollars for right. for getting the most points. So congratulations on that. Uh, Thank you. This week you're going up against Peel, who is in ninth place. Uh, any concerns? <laughs> Well, you know, I'd have to look at what who he's playing. Uh, Peel always manages to do well, so uh, I, I can't let my guard down. <laughs> he's got Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, probably the best wide receiver combo, or, or at least tied for best wide receiver combo in the league. Uh, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, uh, and Justin Jackson are his running backs this week. It looks like he's going to bench Antonio Gibson, who okay. is playing Dallas, which if I was him, I would not do that, but I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, the rest are just kind of run-of-the-mill, like Andy Dalton's his quarterback. We'll see how that plays when they're playing Washington. Um, you think he'll – I don't know. I would maybe look elsewhere for a quarterback this week. Yeah. Even though they're playing Washington, he's, he's still a little shaky there, I think. Andy Dalton is uh, QB 18. Um, available yeah. available quarterbacks would include Justin Herbert uh, and Matt Ryan. So there are some good choices out there. The yeah. uh, the issue is is that it's a week now where some quarterbacks are on bye, so there are going to be some other guys that are going out there to look for sure. other quarterbacks yeah. too. I so. think I'm going to stay with uh, Stafford. You know, the Atlanta defense is not all that good. And uh, he did well this week. Yeah, Stafford Stafford usually does 
pretty well. Uh, this past game, he didn't. He was actually your lowest scoring guy, but he only yeah. they only had to ball, throw the ball thirty one times against yeah. Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville too. My worry is that uh, you know the game goes south one way or another, and um, the game strip calls against. But it's Atlanta. They're probably going to throw the ball a lot. And it's at Atlanta, so the weather's no big issue there. Right. So you, so you uh, gave up on Ryan, huh? I gave up on, yeah, he got fired. He got fired. <laughs> yeah, and then he put up 31 points, which was fine because, <laughs> you know, Tannehill put up 29, so I'll, I still won this week without those two points, but I just don't trust Matt Ryan. I just don't. Not without Julio Jones, but now that Julio Jones is back, Matt Ryan's a good pickup. So um, sure. if you sure. want to play defense to guarantee yourself a victory this week, you could potentially waiver Matt Ryan and take him away from some of these other guys in the league. That's the interesting uh, part about the bye weeks is what to do with your other team's needs. If you block them from getting a, the guy they need or if you just ride with what you've got and try to make your waiver spot better as the weeks go on. Yeah, I'm thinking of, um, yeah, I, I could consider that too. Now, waivers are tonight, right? At the end of, uh, or in the morning, whenever they... Time stops. Yeah. Two o'clock on Wednesday. Yeah, so it's it's uh, free agency becomes active on players that haven't been claimed at two a.m. and then I think somewhere between two and four a.m. the the waivers get processed and then whoever didn't make it goes to free agency. But Yahoo does do it a weird way, so I don't know if because this week shouldn't be different because there's no Tuesday night game and there's going to be a Thursday night game, so the waivers will go through tonight. Um, but yeah, typically between two and four in the morning, which has worked out perfectly because as Addison gets close to two years old, she's starting a little sleep regression. So she's, she's woken up last night. I was up until 5am with her and, uh, <laughs> it's just wonderful because when I'm sitting there bored and I have her over my shoulder, I can just look at fantasy sports at 2am and get some guys that I want without having to use a waiver spot. So I appreciate Addison playing assist on that. <laughs> Um, all right, give, give me your give me your picks for the week here before I let you go. Um, week seven, we've got myself versus Jake. Right now, I'm supposed to win this matchup, uh, one twenty four to one oh six, according to Fantasy Pros. What do you think? I'm looking at the the matchups for seven. You're you're at the, against this is the year. Yep. Uh, that's right now. The points are pretty tight. But you have a, you have a one-game winning streak, right? I got I got a one-game winning streak. I'm going to keep that going. <laughs> I actually want to have an actual streak to two games this week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you got a good chance there. Okay. Um, what do you think about for Brett and Andy? That would be Rigugu and Wakanda Forever. Okay. I think it's, it's his. So who do you who do you have in my game with Jake? You have me or Jake? I got you. Okay, so you got me and you got Brett. What do you got? You're yourself versus Peel. You know what? I think I'm going to be able to prevail. Okay. I, just, uh, I got a good feeling. <laughs> all right, I, I think so too. Um, so far, we would agree with all of our picks. What do you think? Uh, Ryan versus Jeff. It's Pontiac Bandits versus Hans Molman. I'm, I'm thinking Pontiac's got to go. Yeah. I think it's going to 
going to be where the points are right now. I, I would agree with that. And then let's let's call this the matchup of the week here since it's going to be the most interesting one to watch because it has so many implications. Galus is Jens versus Blood Brothers. What do you think? Right now, Blood Brothers is supposed to win like we talked about. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering, if he does win, who is he going to take? I would take Christian McCaffrey, but you have other options out there too for Galus actually... Yeah is still holding on to Julio Jones, who would be a good take, but you can't pass on Christian McCaffrey. You just can't. Yeah, I would take the Blood Brothers. I think the, there's a good chance. Good chance for them this week. That's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's very dangerous. But, yeah, uh, right now I would agree. I think Blood Brothers is going to win that one too. So, Could they all have Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara on the team if they win? Wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be something. And you got to play him. Like do you have to play him again or no? Do I? No, I've, I've played Blood Brothers already. What week? Was it two or three? Then, yeah, you'll have to play him again. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a challenge for sure. Yeah. Especially if he picks up another guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it's, it's a snowball effect, so you kind of hope know, the second win does not come here. Well, that's, and that's what we were hoping for, that, that something like this. This would make the end of the season really interesting. Yeah. And it will be. Yeah, we we did vote for this this crap. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll let you go. Thanks for thanks for joining in today. I think we had uh, a, a good discussion. Hopefully, the Bears can keep this up. That's that's what we really need. I know. I know. I, I'm. I'll be watching for them, and uh, I'm looking for some better time management. And we, sh- we should also tell our other eight listeners to go vote, right? Yes, definitely. Go vote. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, going to be good. I, I think I might watch the debate or, what is it, Thursday night is, no, Tuesday. It's two weeks from last night is the end of the this uh, long process of campaigning and all that stuff. I think yeah. the next, let's, let's look, presidential debate... I think. I think it's uh, it's a Thursday night game. I think I'll watch the debate instead. I'll tape tape the game. Yeah, it's 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 on the football night. I will be taping the debate and watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I I already get live updates for fantasy on my phone, so I don't need that to supersede what I'm going to be seeing in the game. So I have to watch that simultaneously. the The debate, I don't. There's no. You know, no additionals I need to see on that. That's entertainment value. I've already voted at this point, so. There you go. Yeah, I'm voting this week, too, so everybody else get out there and vote. Agreed. All right. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Mick. Appreciate it. It's fun to have you. Sure. Take care, everybody. All right. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast today. Uh, Thank you, Mick, for coming in and doing the podcast. I really wish we could have people in person doing this thing, but. Uh, COVID sucks, and we're just on some pretty hefty lockdown here on our end. So uh, for protection purposes, it's not going to be the case. But uh, it is fun having you guys. We do need a guest for next week, so I will reach out in the group chat and see if anyone is interested in doing that. Or maybe we'll have a surprise guest who isn't part of the Fantasy League. I have a little something up my sleeve. I've uh, been in talks with Blagojevich here to see if that that interest is still peaked. Um, But he said that with me losing uh, four games this year, he's not as interested in doing it. So um, I told him that the second half of the season becomes a little bit easier for me and, and he's interested. So let's see if we can get him on. Um, other than that, guys, have a good one. Watch the debate on Thursday night after football, record it. And uh, yeah, 
let's see how this week goes. Hopefully better than last week for most of us. Have a good one.